Welcome to Creepypasta Showdown, episode three. Hey-hey. We're back. And I'm going to spook Helena. Oh, and now you get to see me get spooked. Yes. Tea. Face cam live. We're going to do it. Hell yeah. Spook Helena time. Also, I do not wish to be perceived today. So if you're perceiving me. Don't. Please don't. Just simply don't. Just do not. Thank you. Thank you. That has been my PSA. You can perceive me, though. <laughs> I'm scared already. Um, the story I've picked today is just one that I enjoyed reading. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's why I chose it. Not, I mean, anything scares Eleanor, so no matter what exactly. I pick, like it will be fine. You don't have to worry. <laughs> Unless it's like really bad. I tried to, because I thought I found a good one, and then like all the tags on it were like gore and like, um, no, sir. Like bloody kind of stuff. And I'm like, no, I like spooky stuff and like exactly. paranormal, unexplained, shit, not serial killer. I only like that for, <laughs> I only Dreams like that for true crime. There should be no crossover here. <laughs> no, no crossovers allowed. Okay, do you want to get started then? We might as well not waste any time. Do I have to? You do have I to. Wanna. You have to. Okay. You signed up for this. You know, it was probably wasn't it my idea, Creepy Pasta Showdown? Yes, it I'm was. A twat. <laughs> Why did I do that to myself? I don't know. I'm trying to like make my things. So that I can see you and read the story. Because I do wish to be perceived today. And I I like perceiving you. <gasps> ah. I only like that film. <laughs> no, so but cute. I like perceiving when you're scared. Oh, I thought you were being nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, just when you're scared. I thought you were complimenting me. <laughs> oh my god. I, I'm joking, I do like to perceive you, but I, <laughs> in in the context of that sentence, I meant I just want to see your reaction. I don't like to perceive myself. I read the tags for this story. Oh no. <laughs> just now. And I thought, like, I, I didn't see a comma in between two no. of the words. Oh no. So I thought it said Airbnb beings. Like beings from oh. Airbnb. But there's a comma in between them. Thank God. Because that just sounds spooky anyway. <laughs> Airbnb. Beings. Yes. Beings. Okay. Got a oh. There's, there's going to be some beings. And they're oh. going to be in the story. Beings. Because they're beings. Yes. <sighs> they do be. They really they do, do be. be. They, they really be. do be. They you really be do. do be being. Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> what? You can okay, see we... my thought process of getting to that. Yes, Scooby-Doo. I do. I understand. But we're going off on a tangent now. Sorry. Okay. No, it's okay. Let's go. This it story is called The Rental. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Why? I don't know, like, I want to rent places in the future, and if it's called The Rental, then I can't do that. I can't oh, even yeah, go I camping. Really 
already gave you a clue that it's about an Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't go camping and now I can't rent places. <laughs> you just can't do anything. Sorry. Sorry. Like the last times, if you want to read this, then the link will be in the description on YouTube. But um, you can find it if you search the rental creepy pasta. So let's go. Oh no. I stood still for a moment, awestruck. The pictures didn't do it justice. It was a large but quaint home located on a secluded island near Cape Cod. No seclusion. <laughs> a small piece of land void of life, only the cottage and a lighthouse visible across the water. Verified as an Airbnb Plus rental, one week's rent came to a little over $3,000. The price was steep, but completely worth it. Oh, This would be the best place to clear my head and finish writing my novel. Oh, you're a writer. Mm. <laughs> I happily trotted across the stone walkway to the front door and grabbed the knob, ready to map out the rest of my book. Are you laughing at grab the knob? <laughs> oh, I'm such a child. Carry on. It would be my second release. My publisher had been breathing down my neck for months, constantly asking for updates. Now I had the perfect environment to complete it. Upon opening the door, I was caught off guard. Hello. Oh. I nearly jumped out of my skin. There was a man inside. Late 50s, average build, grey moustache. It no. took me a moment to match the face to the one on his superhost profile. It was Garrett, the owner of the property. Oh, it's just Garrett. It's just Garrett. Sorry, I Don't overreacted. Worry. Sorry, Garrett, you startled me. I didn't expect anyone to be here. <laughs> he smiled. I greet all of my guests. You people are my livelihood after all. Please come in. We have some important matters to discuss. Oh? I joined him in the living room. We sat in armchairs on opposite sides of a long coffee table. Garrett simply continued to smile. So, what did you want to discuss, I asked. He pulled a folded sheet of paper out from his jacket and slid it across the coffee table. It stopped in front of me. I picked it up for a closer look. The edges were worn and it felt almost canvas-like between my fingers. I began unfolding, but Garrett stopped me. Don't. You'll have plenty of time for that later. Just it, listen. It, someone hands you a piece of paper and you go to open it and they say, don't open it. Dude, why did you give it to me, yeah, Garrett? Yeah. Saying. Garrett. <laughs> I looked up at him, confused but compliant. This house has been in my family for generations. Staying here can be a rewarding experience, but it can also be a dreadful one if you're not careful. Come on, Garrett. Don't tell me the place is haunted. I was the only one smiling now. No, Garrett! <laughs> Why did you do Garrett this? looked at me, thoroughly unamused. My smile vanished and I gestured for him to continue. On that sheet of paper are some rules. You must follow every last one of them. There are no exceptions. So long as you do this, your vacation will be a pleasant one. Is this like, um... With that... Or is this like the horror movie, The Boy... Where the woman's like, you look after my doll, but the doll's Oh, the she has to feed him and stuff. And then when I'm she doesn't. bedtime stories. Yeah, and she doesn't, and then he starts fucking with her. Yeah, but it turns out 
that one's not the same because that's just her, the actual man who was the boy just living in the walls and moving it when she's not looking. I I only watched 20 minutes of that film. I didn't know that was the ending. <laughs> yeah, it turns out, you know, like her son, the woman's oh, son, because he, she like got that doll because he died, died or something, but he didn't actually <laughs> die. He's living in the walls. How did she not know he didn't die and he's living in the walls? I don't know if she knew or not. In the yellow wallpaper. What was his name again? Knows. I don't care. He had a he had a weird name. Mm. Brams. Brams. Bell. His name is Brams. Brams. I don't know how you pronounce. Brams. (laughs) Yeah, Brams. I know Brams. (laughs) You're the one who brought the film up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Anyway. With that, Garrett stood up from the chair and walked to the front door. He turned to me on his way out and offered a final sentiment before leaving. Follow the rules, Jack. If you don't, you're in for a bumpy ride. And I guess we're in for a bumpy ride because I don't think Jack's going to follow any of these rules. Perhaps, perhaps not. We'll see. When he left, I unfolded the list, expecting to see a reiteration of his stay requirements. No pets, no modifications, clean up after yourself, that sort of thing. This was not the case. On the paper was a set of rules that only served to bookend our strange encounter with further confusion. 1. No lights on past 11.25pm. 2. Do not answer your phone. Callers cannot be trusted. 3. Only two people are permitted inside, Hank Penston and Jessica Covenwood. Ask for last names. Thou? Four. Do not exit the house after midnight until sunrise. Five. If your room changes location, close the door and try again. Only leave when connection has been re-established. Six. The voices are harmless. Do not converse with them. (laughs) 7. Never lock the doors. 8. If you have any trouble, call Jessica Covenwood at this number, and then it's written. This is the only phone call you can trust. This lifeline may only be used once during your rental period. I don't like this. The voices are harmless. I doubt it. They're voices. If you don't talk to them, just don't talk to them. They're not there. At the bottom of the page was a final note. I will come to collect you, but only when the rental period is over, not a moment sooner. There is no leaving until then. As I sat there mulling over the list, it all became clear. Garrett was a lunatic. Uh, no. Garrett (laughs) is, is a sane man. He's trying to help you. Either that, or this was a poor attempt at humour. Either way, I brushed off our meeting and the list of rules all together, placing the paper on the coffee table, where it stayed for the rest of the night. A majority of the first night was peaceful. Of my novel's final six chapters that needed completing, I was able to stay up late and finish two of them. First drafts at least. There was still a lot left to do. My final days on the island would have to be spent proofreading the entire manuscript and filling cracks in the narrative before sending it to my editor. Still, 
Two chapters was not a bad night's work, all things considered. After patting myself on the back for a job well done, I looked at my phone. It was 12.18am. My lips spread into a smile as I looked at the desk light, wavering in and out of life. Oh no, no, he said 11.25. (laughs) (laughs) It's past 11.25, Garrett. Was this why I needed to turn off the lights so they wouldn't flicker? I chuckled to myself as another rule came to mind. Number four, if I remembered correctly, do not exit the house after midnight. I continued to laugh to myself as I ventured downstairs, opened the door and stepped out into the night. No. The the view was brilliant. A blanket of stars covering the cape, only broken up by the gorgeous lighthouse jutting upward, practically cutting a hole in the night sky. It was a breathtaking sight, well worth the partial advance for my book. What's the reasoning behind this rule, Garrett? You don't want me to enjoy the view? Why Gosh. is I so rude? Jack's being so sarcastic and he just doesn't Jack, I hope all the bad things happen to you. I've no sense <laughs> for you. Sorry. I turned and stepped back into the house. I then locked the door. Oops, oh, that's my. another rule broken. <laughs> hope the house doesn't chastise me. What is that? Why would you say that? I don't know. He's a writer. Of course, he's a writer. (laughs) Sorry. With that, I travelled upstairs to the bedroom and fell into a blissful sleep the moment my body met the sheets. My slumber would not last. 3.27am. I awoke to a thunderous banging at the front door. In a groggy slur of motion, my legs just barely managed to pull the rest of my body out of bed. Practically sleepwalking, I eventually made my way downstairs and opened the door. Outside, there were no longer any stars. Their light was replaced with a thick fog rolling over the ocean. The water and air were still, frozen in place. There was no one there but me. I closed the door and went back to bed, certain that the sounds I heard were remnants of a dream overlapping with waking life. My body fell onto the bed, and sleep took hold once more. 4.42am. I awoke again, ripped from a dream state, where I was turning in my novel to the publishing house. For whatever reason, in this dream, Garrett was my boss. He held the manuscript to my face and flipped the pages, revealing a lack of ink. There's nothing here, Jack. All that time and nothing to show for it. He continued to flip through before stopping somewhere in the middle. Unlike the other pages, this one had text. The words were familiar, but they weren't written by me. Garrett's rules painted the page, the pitch black ink slowly dripping from the paper. His form soon followed, melting onto the floor below. You should have followed the rules, Jack. That's when I sprung to life, my heart pounding as I sat up in bed. The sound of pages turning rang in my ears, but it hadn't leaked over from my nightmare. Over on the desk was my manuscript, its paper flapping wildly about. My heart nearly sank before I noticed a chill in the room. I had left the window open. It was just the wind. Relieved, I shut the window and went back to sleep. No. 5.19am. No sound woke me this time. Instead, it was nature calling, beckoning me to take a late night trip to the bathroom. Unfortunately for me, this would not be an easy task. Upon opening the bedroom door... I was greeted by a deeply unsettling sight. It was a hallway. 
not the hall that should have been there, mind you, an entirely different hallway, noticeably different. (laughs) It was narrow, almost too thin for a person to walk through, and it was long, very long. Seemingly longer than the building itself. Lining the sides was a plethora of doors. More doors than I knew the house Uh, to have. uh, 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 uh. It was, by all means, unexplainable. I rubbed my eyes to test their acuity. The hallway was still there. I wondered for a moment if I was dreaming, but quickly discarded the notion, certain that I could tell the difference between what was real and what wasn't. But if not a dream, then what? With an air of hesitance about me, my feet pattered into the narrow void. I tried each door along the way, but they were all locked. Halfway in, a harrowing sound cut through the air. I turned my head to see that the bedroom door had shut itself. Running back and turning the knob was futile. It wouldn't budge. See, he he done told you not to go out if where you're going is the wrong place. Exactly. Without a whole lot of options, I continued down the hall. At the end was a final door, different than the rest. Affixed to it was a plaque with a designation, like one you might see in a hotel. According to the text, it was room 371. The knob offered no resistance as I turned it and gently pushed the door open. There was no light inside. Still, I could make out something standing in the centre of the room, facing me. Oh no! It was a shadowy figure, slightly darker than the blackness around it. A vague glow outlined its form. It was tall, taller than any man. I had the inclination to close the door and turn back, but fear kept me anchored in place. My breathing became erratic and my heart rate soared to new heights as it took a step towards me. In a flash, it lunged to my position. Everything went black. That's not the end. No, it's not the end. Oh, My eyes opened to sunlight pouring into the room. I was back in bed. This was strange. Every bone in my body told me it wasn't a dream, but rational thinking dictated otherwise. I had no choice but to entertain the idea that I was having vivid night terrors in the face of a fast-approaching publishing deadline. Oh, because he's a writer. He's a writer, and it's <laughs> just strange. Oh, it's just you wouldn't even understand because you're not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner I finished the book, I thought, the sooner they would vanish. Though it didn't sit well with me, it was the only explanation I had. Except it's not because Garrett literally warned you. Garrett literally said, Here's a list, you're welcome, and you said no. Exactly, and then you're like, oh, what is happening to me? Well, maybe but you can I, f-ing listen to Garrett. Nobody even told me. <laughs> Dude. My phone buzzed on the bedside table. I knew who it was, but with my deadline on the horizon, I couldn't afford the distraction. When the buzzing ceased, I crawled out of bed and started the day. My first few hours awake were productive. I was able to write over half of the next chapter and tweak some final details throughout the rest of the book. My progress was, however, impeded by a knock at the front door. Unlike the night previous, there was someone out there. A man. What is his name? 
Can I help you? I asked, confused. Was hoping I could help you, actually. The name's Hank. I'm a locksmith from the mainland. Garrett sent me to check the locks and all of the doors. I pondered for a moment and then grabbed the list of rules from the coffee table. I looked it over before meeting Hank back at the door. Well, it looks like you're on the list. Splendid. May I come in, then? An unnaturally wide smile danced across his cheeks. Yeah, sure, come in. Hank walked past the threshold inside. There was a long moment of silence before he spoke again. My microphone said no to what I was trying to say. Oh my god. He said, check his last name. Yep. And he said, Hank is fine. Dude, you get whatever's coming to you. (laughs) What a lovely place. Can't wait to sink my teeth in and get to work. Oh, no, dude. Sink your teeth somewhere else. (laughs) There is no teeth allowed in this house. I know Garrett didn't write that rule down, but that's another rule. No teeth sinking. There'll be only teeth floating? Is that the opposite of sinking? Rising. Teeth rising. No. No. (laughs) Only teeth rising, no sinking. No sinking. (laughs) He then sauntered off upstairs. I sat down on the couch and continued writing, hoping my creative breakthrough hadn't subsided. An hour passed. Then another. I was able to finish up some more work, but something kept scratching at the back of my mind. I knew locksmithing wasn't the loudest job out there, but I expected to hear at least some sort of tinkering coming from upstairs. The distant sound of keys scraping against the lock's inner chambers. But no, there was only silence. I then wondered why Hank was there to begin with. This was far from a typical rental experience, especially one on a secluded island. I skimmed the list again. Two things stood out. Rule number seven, never lock the doors. Even if Garrett was deranged, it was clear he didn't want the doors locked, so why then would he send a locksmith? Who could, who could, would be breaking in out here? (laughs) I thought you were a writer, Jack. You have to keep that in. Yeah, it says, who could would be breaking in out here anyway? Exactly I think it means who would. That sounds like a five-year-old speaking, Jack, if you ask me. Who could would? Yeah, Jack, I I think you should stop writing. I don't think it's the career for you. Jack, just go find Hank that's upstairs. He obviously wants to eat you, and then that's that. (laughs) The second thing that jumped out to me was the end of rule number three. Ask for last names. Something wasn't adding up, but I intended to get to the bottom of it. Wasn't ad- what? Something wasn't adding up. <laughs> it, this guy's acting like no one's trying to help him. Hank, I yelled out, hoping to get his attention. There was no answer. Hank, can you please come down here? No response. Only silence. Oh, so this scared. was my cue to investigate. Oh, yeah. To my dismay. The second floor was completely vacant. I scoured every room, every nook and cranny the house had to offer, to no avail. Hank was nowhere to be found. I couldn't make heads or tails of it. How could a person just up and vanish like that? He, I bet he's under the bed. 
<laughs> just waiting. Like, oh, he's going to <laughs> I returned to the first floor. Hank was there, sitting on the couch, looking over oh, my manuscript. Oh, there was oh. no way he could have snuck by me. Say, this is pretty good. I wonder how it's going to play out. Help me out here, Jack. Is there a happy ending, or does the man succumb to his own demons? I stood frozen at the bottom of the stairs. Hank, I asked. What's your last name? A grin formed beneath his nose. Oh. Reedon. The name's Hank Reedon. Why do you ask? I looked down at the list in my hand. Penston. His name was supposed to be Hank Penston. No reason, just curious. Hey, do you mind tossing me my phone? Hank looked down at my phone on the coffee table. A few moments passed before he grabbed it and looked over at me. He stared for a long time, almost as if calculating the distance, and then finally threw it over. I caught it and ran for the front door. Thanks, I'll be right back. I sprinted to the edge of the island, unsure of who or what that was inside the house. It was becoming ever apparent that Garrett might not be so crazy after all. Ah, uh, who would have thought? <laughs> Something truly strange was afoot and I wanted no part of it. At first, I called the ferry station. No answer. Then Garrett. Still no answer. Before I could try another number, my ex-wife called. I'd been ignoring her calls for weeks. I can guess where they did. Yeah, because he writes too much and she said, you make no time for me, Jack, and we're having a divorce and I'm taking oh. quids. Oh, it's worse than that. <gasps> what did he do? I got chills. <laughs> Charlotte, thank God. I'm at an Airbnb off the Cape. I need you to... She interjected. Leslie's dead, Jack. My blood ran cold. It was said with the same tone and resentment as it was two years before. All at once, the floodgates opened, and a slew of memories poured in, ones I had tried desperately to repress. What is, that? What is happening? Leslie was our daughter. Before Charlotte and I divorced, she was struck by a car on her way home from school. Charlotte was at work, and I was supposed to pick Leslie up. Uh, I was too wrapped up in my first novel. Because he's a writer. Because he's a writer. Dude, she killed her own kid. I forgot all about her. My own daughter. Oh. She walked a good mile before the collision. Oh. I never forgave myself. Yeah. Neither did you. Yeah, fuck you, dude. Charlotte, why are you saying this? Tears rolled down my face. She's dead, Jack. It's your fault. My baby is dead, all because of you. Indeed. Her voice became louder and less distinct until I could barely recognise the cadence. An inhuman growl. You're to blame, Jack. You belong where you are. I hope you rot in that house. I looked down at the list, now stained with the steady stream of droplets dripping from my cheeks. And that's when I remembered rule number two. Do not answer your phone. Callers cannot be trusted. Oh, what is going on as much as it pained me i hung up on her it wasn't real but as sure as hell felt like it was i wiped away my tears and looked at the last rule braving the fierce currents of the ocean likely wouldn't end well the shore nearly 16 miles away so jessica was my only hope 
the only phone call you can trust, according to Garrett. Mm. I dialed the number and waited. After two tones, my ear was met with a female voice. You broke a rule, didn't you? A few, actually, give or take. She let out a sigh. Did you let anyone in? Yes. Hank. Hank Penston? No. Hank Reedon. There was another disappointed sigh. <laughs> this one was like, uh-uh. She's like, for f- sake. <laughs> it's not hard to follow the rules. <laughs> we gave you a list of rules, dude, and you f***ed them all up. Okay, listen carefully. I want you to go to the back of the house, but act natural. No sudden moves or conspicuous behaviour. Any slight change in your attitude could set him off. Walk slow and be cautious. Okay, I did as instructed. On my way around the house, I looked through the window. Hank was no longer in the living room. There was a slight spike in my adrenaline, but I held my composure. Until turning the corner, that is. Standing at the back of the house waiting for me was Hank. Hey there, Jack, what are you up to? Jessica chimed in. Stay calm and repeat what I say, verbatim. Hank, I have Garrett on the phone. He wants to know if you can check the lock on the front door. He says it's been sticking lately. In the most casual voice I can muster, I repeated what Jessica had said. Hank bore a stoic expression for a few moments and then spoke. That darn thing. I'll see what I can do. He walked past me and went off to the front of the house. I was officially rattled. Jessica's voice broke the tension. About a dozen yards from the house is an electrical box. Do you see it? I surveyed the area and noticed the box. It was embedded in a tree stump of all places, one that stuck out of the ground at an awkward angle. Yes, I see it. Good. Open the hatch. There is a lever there. I want you to pull it down and then wait exactly 10 seconds, after which you will place it back in its original position and close the hatch. Watch how this guy does it for like 9 or 11 seconds because he (laughs) likes to break rules. I was confused. How is this going to help exactly? There was a third sigh of frustration. Yeah, dude, shut up. (laughs) That is the master switch. When you pull the lever, it will deactivate all energy on the island. When you reset the lever, the house will reconstitute. This will wipe the slate clean. I didn't understand how it all worked. I had heard enough to warrant an obvious follow-up question. Couldn't I just leave it off? There was no sigh this time, just anger. No, the island is far worse when the energies are at bay. Ten seconds is all you're allowed. This is just a typical man. Ask too many questions. At this point, I saw Hank walking alongside the house. I fixed that lock for you, Jack. Jessica must have heard because her voice adopted a tone of urgency. Pull the lever now. I did as she said and began counting. Hank continued to walk towards me, his form phasing in and out like a bad television signal. Jack, what are you doing? Need a hand? His pace grew faster until his walk became a run. My heart was pounding. Just as he was closing in, the ten seconds were up, and I forced the lever back. Hank vanished completely, and the stump receded into the earth below. I fell back onto the ground in relief. The hell's going on? Jessica, we did it. Click. 
clearly she wasn't as pleased with the victory as I was. <laughs> she was that like, was fine. I was just thankful to be alive. Once inside the house, I laid down in bed and held the list to my face, scrutinising every last detail. I was determined to not to break another rule for the rest of my stay. Thank you, in the first place. That night was peaceful. I made sure all of the doors were unlocked, turned off the lights by 11.25 and refused to answer any calls. When I slept, there were no strange dreams. No dreams at all, in fact. It was a truly restful night. The best sleep I'd had in years. Despite my predicament, I awoke hopeful. Hopeful that I could weather the storm and survive the week. I was even able to write some more of my book. Not much, but enough to jumpstart my creativity. The next night didn't go nearly as well. Uh, uh. 2.12am. I had woken without cause. In an effort to fall back asleep, I shut my eyes and allowed my mind to wander. I thought of my book and the deadline. I thought of my eventual departure from the island. Before long, I thought of Charlotte and Leslie. The image of our once happy family would forever be seared into my broken heart. I don't care. Like Dude, let me get my tiny, my tiny violin. We both went for the same thing. This is my tiny violin. This so is t- oh, it's that small. It. I'm gonna... I can't find anything smaller. <laughs> I felt my eyes begin to water, but something interrupted the sadness. A sound. Footsteps. My eyes opened and I sprang to life, sitting upright in bed. The footsteps stopped just outside the room. With a great deal of apprehension, I got out of bed, took a deep breath and tiptoed to the door. When I turned the knob and opened it, I found myself at the entrance of the house. With rule number five in mind, I shut the door and opened it again. I was now at the living room. Next was the bathroom, then a hallway. A familiar hallway. Off in the distance, I heard the click of room 371's door. The tall shadow stepped out. The hall began to shrink. No! The figure closed the gap between us in a matter of seconds. Luckily, my will to live outweighed the fear that held me in place. I managed to shut the door just in time to prevent my demise. When I opened it again, the room was back where it was supposed to be. 3.47 a.m. Just as I was finally drifting back to sleep, the voices started. Oh, the voices. The voices. Hey, Jack, enjoying your stay? They sound so, like, normal. Oh, I love that. They're just asking questions. Hey, Jack, enjoying your stay? Though frightened, rule number six came to mind and I followed it. The voices were harmless and I was not to converse with them. What's wrong, Jack? Hung up on Garrett's rules? That's no fun. (laughs) Yeah, I like the voices. I closed my eyes as the voice grew louder and hid beneath the covers. Don't hide, Jack. We won't hurt you. Honest. Honest? That That doesn't sound very honest honest to me. Sounds dishonest if you ask me. The footsteps were back, walking outside the room. They stopped at the door. He's here now, Jack. I can tell you how to make him go away, but you have to talk to me. The door creaked open and the footsteps recommenced. 
walking over to the side of the bed. He's leaning over you now. I can make him leave, just say the word. I couldn't give in to the ploy. I had to obey the rules. But then there was a tug on the sheets. My no. heart nearly stopped. No. Wake no. up, Jack. I jolted to a sitting position. The room Dark. was empty and the door was shut. It was a dream. But that Dude. didn't explain the hand-shaped impression on the edge of the bed. Oh, cough, dude. No matter the culprit, I would endure the torment. It was only a week. You can get through this, Jack. Leslie's face flashed in my mind and forced an unexpected tear out. You've been through so much worse. The next few nights came and went without issue. There were some dicey moments, but I learned to handle the odd voice here and there, and the room moving every now and again. I ignored knocks at the front door altogether, avoiding any and all potential repeats of the Hank incident. Night six, however, was by far the worst. Some things never change. What doesn't change? Dark clouds loomed over the ocean as waves crashed into the island. Just like the night Leslie was killed, I became deeply engrossed in my writing, to the point that nothing in the world could have pulled me away. Even after everything that had happened in that house, I was somehow able to finish the book. Maybe the shock to my system inspired me. My fear had transformed into focus, granting me a mental clarity. When all was said and done, and the editing complete, there was a horrible revelation. According to my phone, it was 11.24pm. Dude, get it turned off now. My heart sank to the depths of my soul as I raced across the house, shutting lights off, knocking over furniture and decorations in the process. When I came back to the bedroom to turn off the final light at the desk, I glanced at my phone once more. The readout is now etched into my memory. 11.26pm. What? Well, first of all, if you had a rule to say you had to turn lights off at, lights by a certain yeah. time, would you not leave every room and just turn the light off if you're not in that room? Yeah, like I would turn the light off straight away or set an alarm like yeah. five minutes before so you don't have to rush to check they're all off. Exactly. This guy has no brain. Jack is stupid. No brain, head empty. No thoughts, head empty. All he know is right. book, talk and eat hot chip. <laughs> 11.27pm The bedroom door slammed itself shut behind me I jostled the knob and pushed my weight against it But it remained unmoved A swirling black vortex of smoke was expelled from beneath the bed It covered the floor in an instant And began rising to fill the rest of the room What? I had in no intention yeah. of waiting to see what would happen to me in the darkness so I flung myself at the window and shattered the glass, landing on my back in a bed of shrubbery below. The impact knocked the wind out of me. Shortly thereafter, I passed out. Dude, you did just jump out of a f***ing window. Yeah. Also, I, when, I, when I hear the black vortex thing, I think of the, um, the mother of all messes and the cat in the hat. Oh my god. 11.38pm. <laughs> I dreamt. 
I know it was a dream and not the house's doing, because it was one I'd had many times before. The setting, my daughter's school. Of course. All right, we know your daughter died. Oh my God. (laughs) Honestly. Get over it. I'm not a horrible person. I just don't like this guy. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't like this one. He's not a real man. I don't think he's real. I don't say this about everyone. The bell rang and a stampede of children rushed out into the world, excited to leave for the day and see their parents. The last person out was Leslie, left alone to her own devices. Daddy, where are you? Daddy? 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 Her eyes darted back and forth. I tried to call out to her, but much like the day in question, I wasn't there. Oh, really? (laughs) In the dream, I was only an observer, forced to watch as the horror unfolded before me. Leslie waited for 15 long minutes, before heading off in the direction of our home. Side note, is he dreaming in real time? Like, did he wait just With 15 her? minutes watching her just stand there like, where's my dad? Imagine like the whole, wait, I don't know how old she was, but I'm kind of picturing like secondary school and she's like, oh, this piece of shit of a man, where is he? I don't, I think she's, I think she's younger than that. This is sad. Given the fact that all the kids like ran out. That's so schools. true. I bore witness to her trek, a poor girl alone in the cold. And then it happened. Dream tears flooded my field of view as a car swerved and the heart-wrenching scream of that beautiful young girl rang through the winter air. 11.56pm I woke up on the ground covered in tears and broken glass. The ocean waves crashed against the walls of the house. There was no time to waste. Without my phone, I didn't know exactly what time it was, but had to be close to midnight. Another broken rule would only make matters worse. I raced to the front door, opened it and swiftly shut it behind me, somewhat thankful to be back in the house, but also somewhat terrified. The coming moments would echo the latter emotion, adding to my woes. I was able to open the bedroom door and retrieve my phone. Luckily, the smoke had vanished. Upon venturing back down to the living room, I was shattered, just like the glass on the ground outside. There, sitting on the couch where Hank sat before her, was Leslie. My Leslie. I reached Oh, you don't mean Leslie from next door. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My Leslie. Not another Leslie that you know. Not any other Leslie. My Leslie. My Leslie. Oh, shit then. I reached the bottom step and nearly fell to my knees almost forgetting to breathe in the process. She was the same, exactly the same, every feature identical to the day I last saw her. How was this possible? Hi, Daddy. (laughs) Daddy. I can't, that word is ruined for me, I can't say it. (laughs) Her voice pulled a wave of emotion out of me, stronger than anything I had ever felt before. Was it really her? Was this really my precious Leslie brought back to life? Surely this wasn't the house's doing, was it? Of course it f***ing was. Dude, it's her house. Yeah, but it's not his dead daughter, is it? Dude, you need to... This guy. (laughs) Sweetheart, is that you? Is it really you? She looked over at me with innocent eyes. Yes, Daddy, it's me. 
<laughs> I ran over to her and took her in my arms, my face now drenched in an ocean of tears. Oh, Leslie, sweetheart, I missed you so much. I pulled away to get a better look at her. That's when I saw it. For an instant, in between blinks, her eyes were solid pools of black. This was not my Leslie. I backed away at once. What's wrong, Daddy? I continued my retreat to the stairs. You're not real. This isn't real. We buried you. Her next word stopped me in my tracks. No, Daddy. You buried me. Just drag him. Oh, <laughs> God. Her eyes locked with mine as I cried. You killed me. You're the reason I'm dead. I took a pained breath re before responding. You're right. <laughs> I was a terrible father, and I deserve every moment of torture this house puts me through. If I ever get out of here, I'm going to visit your grave for the first time and tell you how sorry I am and how much I've missed you over the years. Not a day goes by that the guilt doesn't eat me up inside. She's been dead for two years. Two and gone years to her grave. And you've never been to her grave? Did you not even go to the funeral then, dude? Jack, that's a new low. <laughs> Jack, the bar is buried with your daughter. <laughs> what the It's not even on the floor. It's literally six feet below the floor. I'm so proud of myself. I love that. I swallowed the lump in my throat and wiped away the tears as she looked up at me, her head tilted in observation. But you're not her. I ran up those stairs as fast as I could. Leslie's piercing screams echoed through the house, followed by the sound of every window breaking in reaction to the pitch. Once in the bedroom, I closed the door behind me and slid down into a sitting position on the floor against it utterly defeated and emotionally drained. I pulled out my phone and dialed Jessica's number. After two tones, she picked up. What is it this time? Don't tell me you broke another rule. I think I'm going to die tonight, Jessica. Her perturbed tone vanished, replaced with concern. Jack, what did you do? What's going on over there? I can't fight it anymore. It's too much. As much as I wanted to live, I could feel myself giving up. I don't even know why I called her. She couldn't help. The lever was gone and it was past midnight. The storm outside was destroying the house. Soon, I would be swept out to sea, never to be heard from again. Hold on, Jack. I'll be there soon. Boo-hoo for Jack. Man, <clears throat> Jessica, come save me. The water's going to come and get me, Jessica. I can't swim. My dad. I killed my daughter because I'm a bad dad. And now she's mad at me because I killed her. Well, I finished Aww. writing my book, so it's okay. Jessica, can you do me a real big favor while I die? Can you, can you send go this publish to my, my book? <laughs> Ugh. It's what Leslie would have wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly died. Oh, I'm thinking that. Wow. If you ever wanted a reaction, that's that. <laughs> she wouldn't be coming. Even if the fairies ran that late, they wouldn't dare operate in a storm that violent. The end was near, and I could feel it. 1.13am. 
After a good long while of wallowing in self-pity, there was a knock at the front door. Jessica? No, it couldn't be. I cautiously exited the bedroom and slowly descended the staircase to the living room below. The storm raged on outside, a gust of wind howling through the house. In reaching the bottom step, I noticed that the coast was clear. Leslie's ghost was nowhere in sight. As quickly as I could without drawing any unwanted attention to myself, I pattered over to the door and opened it. Behind it was a beautiful woman in her thirties. Black hair, peach skin, and a tasteful spattering of freckles on either side of her nose. Dude, you're actually like gonna die and you're like, mm, I'd say she's in her thirties. She's got and she's so beautiful. I love her freckles. It's the writer in him. He can't help it. <laughs> Jessica? I asked. Who else would it be? True. Her voice and sassy attitude answered my question in spades. I stepped aside and she barged in, clearly upset. I Did you check her last name? This dickhead, my god. You know, you give someone some rules and then they just don't follow them. And then, you know, I have no time for this man. <laughs> no time for this man. I closed the door behind her, careful not to lock it and risk breaking another rule. I was less scared of the supernatural consequences than I was of Jessica's fury. You really had me worried, Jack. What did you do, anyway? Before I could answer, a small figure appeared from behind the couch. It was Leslie. Jessica followed my gaze and looked across the room. She's back. Jack. Who's that? My dead daughter. My daughter. I didn't know she was here with you. You don't understand. My daughter has been dead for two years. Jessica backed up to the door where I was standing. Oh, I see. I see. <laughs> Just as before, Leslie let out an awful shriek that rang through the house. It was louder than before, much louder. Jessica turned to me, our hands cupping our ears. Jack, we need to get out of here. Follow me. We raced past Leslie and up the stairs to the bedroom. Okay, Jack, let's get going. She shut the door and opened it. She continued this routine, revealing the many rooms of the house. At one point, it opened up into the living room. Jessica quickly slammed it shut before Leslie could make her way in to get us. Finally, it opened up into the hallway. Yes, that hallway. You know... Jessica grabbed my wrist. Come on, let's go. I yanked my arm back in refusal. Are you insane? I've been in there and I don't plan on going back. Have you seen room 371? She's like, no, I've seen room 372 and it's great. <laughs> Jessica let out one of her signature sighs. Oh, gee. Yes, I know all about it. So long as we get to where we're going before the shadow notices, we'll be fine. Now come on, we don't have a whole lot of time here. I reluctantly respected her wishes. I wasn't keen on facing that ominous stretch of hall again, but Jessica's advice hadn't failed me yet. Besides, I was ready to die just an hour ago. Whatever fate would befall me in there couldn't be any worse than seeing my dead daughter resurrected. Now he's suicidal. <laughs> oh no, I feel sorry for me. My daughter died. <laughs> and now she's haunting me because I killed oh, no. her. 
Okay, Jessica, I'm ready. 1.36am. Matching each other's pace, step for step, we disappeared into the dark hallway, the bedroom door closing behind us. I whispered so as not to awake the beast. Where are we going anyway? None of the doors down here open. Without hesitation, she answered. One does. It took a moment for it to sink in. No, Jessica, are you serious? I can't go in that room. It lives in there. It's in there, Jessica. It lives in there. She turned to me and put her hands on either side of my face. She stared into my eyes with a look of pure kindness. I was taken aback by the unexpected intimacy. Jack, you need to calm down. Just trust me. We are going to be fine. I promise. As far as explanations go, that was pretty vague. Still, it was reassuring. I can't explain it, but I was compelled to believe her. There was something about Jessica I really liked. A warmth that radiated around her. A contagious, soothing force. We continued down the hall, and I didn't bring up my reservations again. 1.42am. We reached the door. This was it. The moment of truth. I was about to open it when Jessica pulled my hand back. In order for this to work, you need to knock three times. No more and no less. I nodded in agreement. I raised my hand to the wood and knocked precisely three times. A deep anxiety racked my nerves as the anticipation grew. After a few moments, the door was pulled open, revealing the shadowy figure within. It stepped away and motioned for us to enter. I looked over to Jessica for approval. She nodded and followed me in. The entity softly closed the door behind us. It then walked over to where we stood and changed. Its dark form turned to light, illuminating the rest of the room. It was the bedroom, only it wasn't exactly the same. Something was amiss. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. It just felt different. The bright figure then shrunk down to a glowing orb and drifted away, phasing through one of the walls, leaving us by ourselves. Moonlight shone through the window. The glass wasn't broken anymore. There was no storm outside. Everything was pristine. Jessica, what just happened? I just got this is the <laughs> This is the house's safe space. A fail-safe for when too many rules are broken. She could tell I wasn't following. It's a copy of the bedroom from just before things went south. A moment suspended in time that we can stay in for a while. At dawn, everything will revert to normal. Why didn't you tell me about it before? Honestly, it's a risky move. The shadow is a fickle being. When you enter room 371, there's only a 50% chance he'll accept your entrance. Otherwise, he's very fickle. You're... He's a fickle, fickle being, you know? Yeah, he's fickle. a very picky man. He's picky. What the hell's fickle? I hate that word like, for some reason. Fussy? I'm not going to call like, you fickle. Like indecisive. <laughs> Like, imagine me saying to someone, yeah, Greta's really fickle. No, but she's talking about whatever the fuck the shadow is. Whatever the fuck the Slender Man is, in my opinion. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You're telling me we could have died? You risked our lives on a 50% chance? 
She came over and placed her hands on my face again. Jack, we're safe. There's no need to be angry. Relax. We would have Don't died be angry anyway. That I saved your life. <laughs> Honestly. Good. We would have died anyway at the hands of the house. This was our only option. She was right. Honestly, I was happy she was there. Without her, I would have been a goner. Then why did you have a go at her? I don't know. It's because it's Jack. It's just Jack. He's what right. Three seventeen a.m. Jessica spent some time going over my manuscript. I filled in some of the blanks so she could skip the more fatty sections and finished before bed. Jack, this is beautiful. I wasn't so sure. Maybe I put too much of myself in it. Maybe the blood I poured onto the pages covered up the meaning. Who in their right mind would want to swim through my despair to reach a story even I wasn't sure I believed in? It's about you, isn't it, Jack? This is your life from the moment your daughter died to now. I felt myself unravelling. I'm tired, Jessica. I think I'm going to call it a night. I offered her a half-smile, waltzed over to the bed and laid down. To my surprise, she laid down with me and placed her hand on my chest. It's okay, Jack. I've never lost a child, so I can't imagine the kind of things you're dealing with. I do know that things will never be the same. That doesn't mean you have to give up. What would your daughter have wanted? For you to pick her up from school? If you're asking for a truthful answer, Jessica. <laughs> Honestly. There was it. no fighting the tears any longer. You don't understand, Jessica. I'm responsible. She was waiting for me when it happened. I was her father, and I wasn't there for her when she needed me. You are still her father. Dude, I hate when people say that. Jessica didn't respond. Yeah. Jessica didn't respond. I sobbed until there was nothing left in me. When the moment passed, I asked her a question. Why do these things happen here? Honestly, I don't really know. Fair enough. We turned to each other. I just laughed because I know what's coming next. Oh, I know God. you're going to laugh. Oh, I can't wait. Tell it to me. We turned to each other. Her warmth reared its head again, inviting me to come to it. Our lips met, and with it an intense feeling was born. I knew like it. Like nothing I had ever felt. A sombre, quiet energy filled the air and coated the room. In a turn of events I will never fully fathom, Jessica and I made love. <laughs> I knew you would laugh. I was when I read it. I was like, "Wait, what?" It's <laughs> really not the time. You almost just died. You might still die. You're not safe yet. The what? What? They just kissed once, and they were like, "Mm-hmm." There's... Oh my god, dude, this is just awful. <sighs> so weird. 5.32am. Jessica fell asleep in my arms. I stayed awake, content for the first time in years. Then, a familiar disembodied voice burrowed into my ear and poisoned my mind. <clears throat> what you're feeling isn't real. 
By this point, I was all too familiar with the voices and their antics. I ignored its statement. She does this to every tenant. She's a seductress. I knew it. I was, I was tempted to reply, but conversing was forbidden. I couldn't afford a broken rule this close to the finish line. Only two people are allowed in, Jack. Two is a simple rule. What did that have to do with anything? What was the voice up to? Jessica was one of the two. Despite my unrest, I continued to bite my tongue. Always ask for last names. There was a moment of pause before the realisation washed over me. I gasped. A rule had indeed been broken. Did I just have sex with <laughs> I jumped and backed into the corner of the room. Jessica was standing next to the bed. I hadn't even seen her get up. What? Jack, are you okay? My breathing became laboured. It was hard to construct my query in a normal fashion. Jessica, are you really you? Was this... What is your last name? <laughs> it does he not learn from Hank that don't tell them that you know that it's not there. Honestly, he's been through this already. Dude, we've been new and you're not knowing things. He made the same mistake. Again. I bet yes, if his daughter time. came back to life, he would forget to pick her up from school again. Again. And she'd die again. And he'd yeah. be like, ah, oh, who would choose to know? <laughs> Nobody told me this would happen. I never knew. I never even noticed. The light left her face. Her now empty eyes cut right through me. I slid to the floor. A long period of silence passed before anything changed. Before she changed. Hank. Garrett. 5.51am. <laughs> Jessica's face widened. Her eyes became large, as physically engorged with bloodlust. She lunged at me. I dodged the attack and hit the door hard. I reached for the knob, but it wouldn't turn. Jessica's new form spoke, a gurgling metallic sound that ricocheted off the walls. It looks like you're stuck with me, Jack. She lunged again. I slid under the bed to escape her reach. Her feet paced around its perimeter, a predator circling its prey. It was just a matter of time now. I closed my eyes and thought of Charlotte and Leslie playing in the snow, the last day I saw them together. This would be my final thought as death approached. Stop as it, beautiful dude. a thought as one could have before dying. At least now... I could be with her again. I don't think she wants to Give see Give it you. a rest, Jack. I you're not going wherever she is, trust me. Yeah, you're going much lower, dude. With the bar. That was... The bar is now her. in hell. <laughs> he took it down with him. Went down the stripper pole. <clears throat> a pained outcry from Jessica broke my concentration. The light in the room had changed. I rolled out from underneath the bed and saw her writhing in the corner. The sun was coming up over the horizon outside. This was my chance. She struggled, but was too weak to break free. I forced her against the window. Her skin melted, dripping like candle wax to the floor. Her hair burned to a crisp. I looked to her eyes for even a shred of humanity, something that might convince me to spare her for all she had meant to me. There was none. What does he mean, all that she'd meant to me? You'd known her, like, two minutes. It's only because they had sex. 
Who the f cares? Dude. There was none. Only malice. In that moment, I sincerely wished that she had been real. Goodbye, Jessica. With as much force as I can muster, I pushed her through the window. Her form disintegrated before it could reach the ground. The wind carried her ashes away into the endless expanse of the ocean. She was no more. The house was still. Hours passed. As my rental period came to a close, I sat in the living room and reflected on the events of the week. In a weird way, I had come to terms with Leslie's death. The guilt would always be there, but I felt I could move on now, free of the restraints that once bound me. Knock, knock. I opened the door, Garrett in. Your ferry awaits. I nodded and gathered my things. I was anxious to leave, but felt the need to ask him something first. Garrett, what is this place? He smirked. Many words come to mind. Anomaly, portal, impossibility. I personally think it's a mirror, showing us ourselves in a way we never thought possible. A place where our past and present intersect. Perhaps the right word for it is closure. I smiled. You might be onto something, Garrett. Splendid. Does that mean you'll leave a good review? I chuckled. You know what? I'll do it right now. I opened the app and clicked through to the listing. A bit of information caught my eye as I scrolled. Checkout time, 12pm. I looked up at the readout at the top of my phone's display. It turned from 11.59 to 12 as I watched. I let someone in before time was up, meaning a rule had been broken. The note at the end of the list came to mind as the dread set in. I will come to collect you, but only when the rental period is over, not a moment sooner. That wasn't Garrett. I looked up to see him standing directly in front of me. Something wrong, Jack? I dropped my things and ran out to the dock as fast as I could. The ferry had just arrived, the real Garrett aboard, motioning for me to hurry. After boarding, I turned back and looked at the house one last time. A silhouette stood at the window, waving goodbye. I've just witnessed the most stupid man on the planet. (laughs) I can't even. Idiot. Dude. Imagine, he could have had a really nice, relaxing stay and written his book nicely. Yeah. But no, he couldn't follow eight rules. Not even ten. And he's saying saying now he's got closure for the death of his daughter. Is that what it took for him to have closure also? But, like, it would make sense if the daughter popped up and she was like, oh, I forgive you, like, blah, 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 that's closure. Not her screaming. Not her being like, you're the reason I'm dead. And then breaking all the windows multiple times with her screams. That's not And then trying to kill you. Uh... Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I did enjoy reading it, though. But like I said, I didn't think it was that scary. What do you think? I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a stupid guy. But it was fun, like... When you know the rules in the beginning, and then you yeah. can like, and then you're like, oh. yeah, I like that. This guy, mm-hmm. 
The first time I read it as well, I didn't think about the Jessica thing at Jessica first. And, and I was like, when I got to the part where they made love, I was like, that's kind of weird. Mm. Something's something's up. They wouldn't She's do that. Seductress. But also mm. the fact that it said this is like you can only use it once. Yeah. So why did he, why did he think that Rainer she would come? Exactly. But then, who answered the phone? I have to. That's Maybe what confused I'm. I'm curious because if that's the only safe number, um, then surely the real Jessica answered. Unless it's only safe the one time that one you use time. it, and then it's not. That's safe what anymore. I think. I think he rang it the second time, and then that yeah. wasn't the right one. It wasn't. Yeah. Even he said, yeah. "How could she have got here in this storm on a ferry?" Exactly. He's like, it's oh, literally no. just that house and the light tower, unless she lives in the f-ing light tower, you which I don't that. think she does. Because she would have come in person to help you the first time. And she would have been faster than however long it took for her to get to the house. Man is stupid. He should have died in that house. If he was ready for it, I agree with it. He should not be on that ferry. So, yeah. Fun to read, not scary to read. I felt like being nice to you today and not spooking you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It was good though. That's like a good creepy pasta though, because it's like I don't know. Just it's those cool. small always we talked about this last time, but it's those small things that really make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wowie. Well, next week, what's going on? Number four. Wow. I've got so many things to talk about already. Oh my god, really? I need to. I'm not even going to know what's going to be. some. Don't worry, I've got it all covered. I'm excited. So I think we're going to leave it there this week. That was fun. Yes. No spooks today. Oh, I give it a um, six spooks out of ten. Yeah. Not spooky, really. But in terms of like stories in general, mm-hmm. quite a good one. Yeah. I think. Cool. Um, we'll be back next week with what's going on. But yeah, if you guys enjoyed, please leave a like, subscribe, add to your play add to your playlist. <laughs> what? I mean, you can do that too. Add to your library. Can you make playlists with podcasts? Maybe. I don't know. I think maybe. Mm. I think you can. I'm sure. I'm you not could. sure. No. Um do that if you want then add us to your podcast and tell us if you can do that yeah please let us know follow us on twitter and tiktok at we not sisters the tiktok has two s's on the end all the links will be in the youtube bio if you want and you can find them somewhere else if you're listening on spotify or apple podcasts but just search we not sisters you'll find us find us but that's it from us this week. So, bye. Bye. Bye.